wasn't me. Hey, don't be telling me, boy. If you would take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 12, or not 12, 10. Luke chapter 10, I know just when you thought that we were done with Luke, we're going to dip back into Luke this morning for just a, a minute. Uh, Luke chapter 10, we're going to look at verses 38 through 42, if you want to be making your way over there uh, in Luke's gospel. <clears throat> and, and I just want to begin again this morning by saying, you know, happy Mother's Day. And I, I want to say just how thankful I am to my wife, who is an awesome mother to our children. I, you know, I just couldn't have asked for a better person to share my life with and raise our kids uh, I don't have to worry about where my kids are. Even mom a minute ago was asking me, where's your kids? I was like, I don't know. That's Crystal's thing. I don't keep up with that. And I don't have to worry about it because I know she's going to take care of uh, our, our kids. And, and, and so and I'm, I'm thankful for my mother. I'm thankful for a strong woman who, you know, without her, I wouldn't be here. I mean, without her, none of my family would be uh, anywhere near the Lord. She stood strong for so many years and and keeping us uh, in church, dragging me and my brother to church, whether we wanted to go or not, uh, depending on the week. It was a bigger fight than normal, you know, it just depended. Uh, but through faithful service to the Lord over 18 years, you know, my, my dad came to faith, I came to faith, my brother came to faith, because she was faithful to the Lord. My, my spiritual journey, as I was thinking about this passage this morning, is full of faithful women who preached Christ to me who without them I would not have heard Christ the way that I heard him. I, I was just thinking about women like uh, Miss Levita Johnson, how she taught us the, the Bible when we were little, and then if we didn't have somebody to work with our youth, she thought, taught our youth. And so Miss Levita taught me all through uh, my young childhood, uh, through the faith, through uh, our church. My Mima, uh, she she taught us the Bible over and over. She, you know, she drugged my mom and her a brother and her sister to church. Without her, my mom wouldn't have come to the faith. She taught Sunday school for years and years and years. Thinking back on the church I grew up in, I thought about Miss Melba, Miss Flossie, Miss Jeanette, Miss Susan. There's so many women throughout the years of me growing up that without them, I would not have heard of Christ. They invested in me. And so while I know today's Mother's Day and we want to honor our mothers, I want to start off this morning by just saying thank you to all of you faithful women, mothers or not. Because you are shaping the next generation. Every time you invest, every time you come alongside and, and you give encouragement and you teach the Word and you pray for others and you give, you are being faithful to the Lord. And because of you, God is raising up more and more people to serve Him. So thank you. But as important as you are to us, as important as you are to your family, as valuable as you are to our church. Guys, your value, your worth, how much you matter is not because you're a mom. It's not because of your career. It's not because of how much time you spend serving in uh, our church family. It's because of your relationship to Jesus. I feel like in, in our culture, in our world today, we probably have more of an issue than ever before of just extra pressure on women. Uh, extra pressure that we have added, not that God has added. And, and so I want to encourage you this morning to not find your worth in your relationship to your family or in your relationship to your job or even in your relationship to the church, but that you would find it in your relationship to Christ. Because, guys, the day that we forget 
that our value and our worth is found in Christ is the day that we will find ourselves emotionally, physically, and spiritually in a mess. doesn't matter, guy or girl. If you really believe that what you do and what you do for others is what gives you value, you're never going to be happy. You're going to find yourself struggling constantly. When we forget that our value is found in Him... It's going to hurt our ability to love others. It's going to hurt our ability to serve Him and even hear His voice. And and so I I want us to be cautious of falling into the trap of of busyness, for lack of a better word. Busyness for the sake of being busy. We're going to look at Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and, and see someone who fell into the trap of busyness and missed God's value for her in her life. So Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Father, I pray that you would bless us with your presence and with your spirit. God, we know that apart from your strength and your power, our gathering here is in vain. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, honor your name in this place, that you would strengthen us through your power, through your word, and that, God, that you would give us what we need to serve you and to follow you and do what you've called us to. Lord, I pray that you would bless this time as we study from your word, that you would use it uh, to glorify yourself. You would use it to grow your church. Use it to grow your people here in this place. God, I pray that your word would go out and that it would be clear, God, that it would be powerful and that we would hear from you. We need your help now in Jesus' name. Amen. And so to set up the scene here and to see how Martha falls into busyness, let's, let's back up just a little bit so we understand what's going on. It says here that, that Jesus uh, enters this uh, Martha's house. Well, how did he get there? Well, Jesus, being the, the traveling teacher that he is, he goes from town to town, place to place. And as he goes from town to town, place to place, different people would host him. Different people would put him up in their homes. Uh, well, one of these families that would put, them, put him up in their home was Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Now, this is a family that Jesus really loves. This is a family that Jesus has a special place in his heart for. Remember John's gospel, we learned that Jesus goes and he raises Lazarus from the dead, how he weeps at Lazarus' grave, uh, at the fact that his friend has died. These are his friends. These are special people in the life of Jesus. So Jesus is going along. He's moving along in his ministry, and he comes to the town that Martha, Mary, and Lazarus live in, and he goes and he knocks on Martha's door. Luke tells us that it's Martha's house, that Luke welcomes him into her house. Not Martha's daddy's house, not Martha's husband's house, not Mary's house, not Lazarus's house, but Martha's house. She welcomes him into her home. She apparently is a capable woman in a day when women very often did not have uh, property and did not have homes. Martha does. She's making it. She's an independent, strong woman who has made a way for herself in a a world that did not give much uh, leeway to women. And so she invites Jesus into her home. Jesus shows up with his boys. He shows up with the disciples. You guys know the disciples from when we went through the Gospels. They are not exactly the 
the, the smartest group ever, right? I mean, they're always fighting and right, they're like, you know, they're just always in a mess. And so Jesus shows up and she says, hey, Mar-, he says, hey, Martha, we need a place to stay. And she says, y'all come on in. No trouble at all. No big deal for, for a guy and 12 other dudes to show up on my doorstep and me to go prepare rooms and, and meals. Not a problem at all, Jesus. Just come on in. Can you imagine uh, this happening to you? This is what's going on in Martha's life. And so she goes and begins to prepare for uh, these guys who showed up on her doorstep to stay with her. And so, you, you know, this is not a small task. And so, we, then we, but then we see verse 39. Uh, and she has a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listen to his teaching. And so Jesus and the disciples come in. Jesus sits down, and, and he begins to teach. And as he's teaching, Mary pulls up a seat, and she begins to listen. Oh, Jesus, that's wonderful. Oh, that's good. And she's learning from the Lord. She's listening to the Savior, and she's hearing all he has to say. And so she's learning from him. She's excited to be in his presence. She's enjoying the teaching that Jesus is giving. She's learning. That Luke includes this, I think, partially to show us that Jesus accepts women to come and to, to listen uh, and, and learn of him. This was, again, a culture that didn't really allow this, that looked down on this. And so Jesus is, of course, welcoming and accepting where others would not have been. And so she's sitting there and she's listening. But then we come to verse 40. And look, look at the first part of verse 40. It says that, But Martha was distracted with much serving. So while Mary is learning from Jesus, sitting at Jesus' feet, Martha is distracted with much serving. Think about that for a minute, guys. While Mary is learning... Martha is distracted from Jesus because she's serving Jesus. You see the irony there, the problem? Very often, I, I think maybe it's what happens in our lives. We get distracted from learning from Jesus because we're too busy serving Jesus. You all see, see what I mean here in a minute. If we get too caught up in the daily grind. We get too caught up in all the extra activities that we miss the opportunity to sit at his feet and to learn from him. And so Martha is distracted. She's working her tail off trying to get everything together for these guys who've shown up. And Mary's over there enjoying a Bible study. This does not feel fair. This is Martha's house. Mary apparently is living with Martha. The freeloader's living with Martha, not doing anything while Martha's doing all the work and Mary's getting to enjoy Jesus. And so Martha can't handle it anymore. Here in verse 40 it says that she went up to him and this is what she said. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now remember who she's talking to. She's talking to Jesus. And so she walks up and she says to Jesus, Do you not care? Hear the the accusation in her tone. Hear the accusation in what she's saying. She's saying, Jesus, I don't think you really care about me. I don't think you're really as good as you claim to be. See, Martha's so distracted by her service, she's so distracted by how hard she's working, she's forgotten that Jesus actually does care. Guys, when we begin to focus on our serving instead of on Jesus, we begin to doubt His goodness. We begin to doubt how good He really is. We begin to doubt His love and His mercy and His care for us. Like if our service causes us to question His love of us, we probably are doing it wrong probably not doing it the way that God would have us to do it. Lord, do you not care about me making me do this? If that's our attitude, then there's probably something that we've missed. And so, so Martha says, do you not care? Then the second part here, to serve alone. When we're focused on our service and what we're doing, 
the tendency is, the temptation is, is to begin to believe we're the only ones doing anything. Right? Any of y'all ever been there? I get there every day. I'm the only one who ever does anything around here. I had to take out the trash. You know, y'all pull your weight, you know. Well, I forget about all the other stuff that goes on around me. The same thing's true in a church, right? We, we all, we have so many people who are working so hard to do so many different things, but we get focused on our thing and we think nobody's helping. Somebody needs to help me, right? And so, so Martha says, you've left me here to serve alone. It's not fair. Then, she's not done. She says to Jesus, tell her to help me. Remember, who's she talking to? Talking to Jesus. She says, Jesus, I don't think you care. You've given me an impossible task to do all by myself. Now, Jesus, you need to do something. You need to tell her to get up and to help me. What's she saying? I know better than you do. I'm smarter than you are. And I can tell other people what to do better than you can, Jesus. You ever been there? Nobody's helping me, therefore... I'm going to tell the Lord what he ought to do with his people. And so we begin to question God's goodness. We begin to question his wisdom. And we begin to question our calling. And we begin to think that maybe, just maybe, God really doesn't love us. God really doesn't care about us. No one's actually helping us. That's what, that's what Elijah said when he said, you know, it's just me and me by myself. Nobody else is helping me anymore. Might as well kill me, God. It'd be better for you to kill me than let me go on like this. Guys, if that's your attitude this morning, can I ask you to give yourself a heart check? Make sure that you haven't missed something in in serving the Lord or serving your family or serving the people around you. Make sure that when you begin to think about what you're doing, you don't begin with, look at all I'm doing all by myself. Make sure that this doesn't lead to you criticizing all the people around you and being like, y'all need to be doing what I'm doing. And make sure that you don't begin to criticize them because they're not doing what you want them to do. I don't know about y'all, but I always think I know what everybody else ought to be doing. Y'all be doing it this way. Y'all be doing it that way. Jesus says, no, I, I know how to run my church. I know how to call my people and how to organize them and how to, to work uh, through them. And so we, we don't assume our greatness. We support others in their special roles. And then, as we're going to see here, we ask Jesus first, then get to work. We do it. Most of the time we do it opposite. We get to work and then we talk to Jesus about it afterwards. And so he says, do it, do it backwards of that. And so we, we see this in verse 41. Jesus' response to Martha. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Now, this is not the way that this is uh, framed this, in this culture. This wouldn't have been Martha, Martha. This would have been, Martha, Martha, I I love you, I care for you. He's affirming his concern and his care for Martha. He's not trying to condemn her. He's not trying to demean her. He's speaking softly to her, reminding her that he does care for her, that he does have concern for her, that he does see what she's going through. And so he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and you are troubled about many things. You are worried and you are afraid about all kinds of stuff, Martha. What was Martha afraid of? She was afraid of Jesus and his disciples coming in and she not being ready. She not being prepared. She was afraid of what people might say about her if her house isn't clean enough, if the food's not good enough. She was afraid that the meal might not impress him. She was afraid that her home might not impress him. She has all these fears about what other people might think. And Crystal and I were talking about this yesterday, and 
I didn't ask her if I could use this story, but I'm going to use it anyway, and I'll ask for forgiveness later. But, but at another church we were at, uh, we, uh, somebody had stopped by the house and, and came in, and the house wasn't dirty, but it wasn't spotless. I'm sort of more in between. We have children, right? That It doesn't matter how many times a day you clean the house, they're going to mess it back up. That's sort of what they do. We're sort of like on a hamster wheel in that. We're getting a little better now. They just make bigger messes and tear stuff up worse. But, but this, this lady stopped by the house and she, she said, Oh, I wish I could be more like you and, and not care what my house looked like so I could spend time with my kids. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I guess you can kind of catch her meaning. And she said, I don't care if she meant it as a compliment or not. I'm going to take it as a compliment. And I was like, you do that. You do that. I mean, who cares what she thinks? Your kids know you love her. It's her problem. She's going to walk around and, and judge everybody else and spend all her time worried about what everybody thinks. That's her problem, not yours. You don't, you don't allow her issues to uh, you know, make you do things that you wouldn't do otherwise. Guys, I think a lot of our fears, a lot of our busyness are driven by our fear of what other people are going to think of us. And, and I know it's a problem for guys, but I know it's an even worse problem for, for women especially women in the church. And this is something that, that I, I thought about as I was preparing this. And I, I mean, we, we've been a part of, of several churches uh, in ministry. And I, I'll be honest with you, ladies who go to church are some mean folks sometimes. I mean, some of them, I mean, Crystal's worked outside the, the home in different areas and in the church. And the meanest people to her have ever been in, in the church. Not this church. This church has been very loving and very kind. I want to make that clear. I don't want the headline of this to be pastor's mad at everybody because somebody said something to his wife. That is not the truth at all. But, but it's like sometimes we begin to believe that our job is to tear each other down instead of build each other up. It's like a competition and we want to compare and we want to, to talk about each other behind each other's backs and those sorts of things. And, and that's just not what we're called to. And so I, I want us to to examine our hearts that when making sure that what we say and what we think isn't what drives someone else's fears so that they end up being busy all the time for a fear of what we may say about them. Oh, I can't do this. What if somebody says this? Because that make sure that you're not the cause of someone else's insecurity, someone else's fear and, and busyness that leads them to not sit at the feet of Jesus. Guard your heart. Guard your tongue. It's powerful, right? It sets a whole forest on fire, James says. A little bitty flame sets the whole thing on fire. Be careful. And so, so be careful with the way that you treat the people around you. And, then, and on top of that, guys, seriously, don't, don't let what other people may say about you drive what you do. Drive you to a state of busyness where you're not sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says, Martha, you're worried about all these things. You're afraid of all these things. But then in verse 42, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. You're worried about all this different stuff, but you really only need one thing. He's simplifying life for us here. You realize that, right? You're worried about all these different things, but there's really only one thing you need to worry about. What's Mary got? Well, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. He's, he's saying to us, busyness, activity, is not the same thing as faithfulness. He's saying that being super busy is not the same as being super faithful. 
Guys, you cannot gauge the amount of love God has for you by how many hours you spend each month or each year serving at the church or serving your home or serving in your business or serving in your career. That is not why God loves you. That is not why you matter. That is not your value. Now, so let me also qualify this by saying that Jesus is not saying, you know, just be lazy. Like, oh yeah, some of you may be like, oh yeah, I got this covered. I don't ever do nothing. That's not what he means here. He means... Make sure that you begin at His feet. Make sure that you begin with Him and then go from Him to doing what He's called you to do. You you see, Jesus is the most busy person that ever lived on the planet. Like when you look at His life, He goes from place to place to place, always serving, always ministering. Every time He tries to get away, people follow Him and He, you know, there He is again, ministering. Of course, all the time He's praying. All the time He's following the will of the Father and He says, Father, I'm going to do whatever you call me to do. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. The difference between Jesus and Martha is that Jesus was doing what God called him to do. Martha's doing what Martha wants to do, what Martha's fears are driving her to do. She's not beginning with, Lord, what would you have me to do? She's beginning with, here's what I think needs to be done. And and I, I mean, I get that. There's this overwhelming tyranny of, if I don't do it, it won't get done. If I don't do it, it won't get done right, more particularly, right? I may struggle from that a bit myself. But guys, God does not accept you this morning because of your work in the home, at the church, or at your work, or at at your job. He accepts you because of the work Jesus did for you on the cross. He does not accept you because of how hard you work. He accepts you because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. And so don't try to earn his favor. Don't try to earn his love by how hard you're working. You don't get a gold star for outworking everyone around you. You've already earned it. He's already accepted you. Your value and your worth comes from your relationship to him. His opinion of you is the only opinion in the world that matters. Everybody can talk about you all they want, but Jesus is the boss and what he thinks about you is what matters. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Your value this morning is based on His love for you. And how much does He love you? He died for you. He gave His life for you. Your acceptance with the Father is based on His work on your behalf, not on your work for Him. Then also we learn here that the question that needs to be asked is not what needs to be done, but what does Jesus want me to do? It's not what needs to be done, it's what does Jesus want me to do? Not, okay, well, all these things over here need to be done, so that's what I'm going to be doing, because if I don't do them, they don't get done. Guys, sometimes things just don't get done. We have to be okay with that. He does not call you to do everything. He calls you to do what He's called you to. There's uh, one of the Proverbs that says that if you trust in the Lord, He'll make your path straight. If we depend on Him and we allow Him to guide us, He's going to get us where we need to be. The problem is, is we don't start off with asking him how we ought to do it. We start off with saying, God, here's what I'm going to do, and here's how I'm going to do it, and this is how I'm going to serve you. And then we get super busy doing the things that we want to do without ever asking him what he wants us to do. And so we get busy and we're working hard and nobody's really helping us. It doesn't feel like God's really blessing what we're doing. And we're like, God, how come you made me do this? And he's like, you never asked me about it. You decided to do that on your own. How often, guys, are we not serving Him in the way that we ought to because we didn't start at His feet? How often do we trail off into the distance without saying, Lord, what would you have me to do? Because here's the truth. When we get filled up with busyness on all the stuff we want to do, 
We don't have time to do the stuff he wants us to do. The, the, the story immediately before this, the parable that Jesus tells is the parable of the Good Samaritan. You guys probably know it. You know, you, you read through it and there's a Levite and a priest who passes a guy who's beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. They don't stop to help him, they just keep on going. And then a Samaritan stops and he helps him. Now, in that culture, the reason they didn't stop was probably selfishness and it was, you know, something to do with some racism and things like that going on. I, I think in our culture, it would probably be busyness. I would stop and help him, but I ain't got time today. I got too much stuff to get done. The way that we show love to others very often is our time. And it seems like as Christians, we limit our time to the point that we don't have any time to serve the Lord. I wonder this morning if all of your projects and all the things that you have going are keeping you from serving him, from asking him what he would have you to do. I heard somebody say this, and I just loved it. He said that not everything that comes from heaven is for me. And he was talking about how there are many things that God wants his people to do, and there are many things that God would have his church to do. But he hasn't called us to do all of them. He's called us to do what he's called us to do. Wednesday night, we were walking through the, the spiritual gifts inventory and just looking at the ways that God has strengthened us and, and, and helped us uh, serve him, gifted us to, to serve him. And it was funny because after we got done, we were all looking and everyone was like, oh, this is my lowest one. I need to work harder at getting better at this. And I was like, no, no, that's not the point of this. The point of this is to show us where God has gifted us, not to show us, you know, how, how we're failing him, but to show us where he is, he's called us to serve the best. The problem is, is we end up wanting to be perfect at everything. Guys, no one's perfect at everything. I guarantee you this morning, if I got up here and began to sing, it would be a bad deal. God has not called me to sing, and I'm okay with that. The other week, you know, we, we forgot to mute me, and I started to sing. I was like, my worst fears come true. Like, this is not what I'm called to do. I know that. But, but we spend so much time trying to do things we're not gifted at and wondering why it's so hard. God has called you to simply serve Him in the gifting he's given you. Not do everything. Your job isn't to do everything. Your job is to do what he's called you to. Jesus tells a story about how the kingdom of God grows. And he says that the way that the kingdom of God grows is someone goes out and they, they preach the word, they plant the seed. And he says, picture this man as a farmer. He goes out and he plants the seed. He waters it, whatever. Then he goes to bed and God grows the plant. He goes to sleep. Some of us just need to go to sleep. And let God do what he's going to do. See, what happens is we want to try and do everything and have our hand in everything because we feel like if I'm not a part of it, it's not going to get done the way I want it to get done. I mean, get done right. That's, again, that's a personal struggle I have. But, but we, we feel like if we're not personally involved in it, there's no way God could bless it. You hear how arrogant that sounds? How lacking in faith that is? God, God has reminded me this week how little I trust him sometimes. Because I think if I'm not doing it, it's not going to get done according to his standards. And the whole time he's been doing it all along without me. Probably a little better. But the thing, same thing bleeds over into our parenting. We think if we're not with our kids, if we're not doing everything, we have to control everything around our children to, to make them safe and do all these things and no one else can take care of them when they've been getting taken care of for thousands of years without us. Kids have made it and, and it's been wonderful, but, but we, we want to control everything when what we should be doing is simply trusting God, taking a nap. Jesus has given us the freedom to take a nap this morning to say, you know what, Lord, you can handle this. I don't have to be busy with everything under the sun. 
And so Jesus this morning, guys, he gives you permission to simply be, to not have to prove anything to anyone, to not have to be up to their standards and up to where they would have you to be, but simply to be. You're not in control. As much as you want to be, you're not. You're called to do what he's called you to do. Like, like over here, is, if, if you picture it as two different rooms, over here is Jesus' room and, and he's in control. He's the one guiding everything. And over here is you and you're doing what he's called you to do. The problem is, is we want to get over here with Jesus and we want to tell Jesus what we ought to be doing and how he ought to be doing it. And that's where we get mad and frustrated because Jesus doesn't listen to us. We listen to him. And so make sure this morning that you say no to the culture that says you have to be this type of mom or you have to have your house this clean or you have to wear this or you have to go here, you have to take your kids there, you have to do this. If you don't do all of this, then you won't be acceptable. Jesus says just be. Come sit at his feet. Learn from him. Enjoy him. Take a nap. Enjoy life. Don't be so caught up in all the things that you think you should be doing that you miss the joy of simply walking with him. To, to put it another way, quit living like you are God. You are not able to do everything perfectly. God is. That's not your job. When we try to do everything and try to control everything, you know who we're trying to be? We're trying to be God. That's not our job, guys. It's our job to trust Him, to depend on Him. And so I want to encourage you this morning to depend on Him. Do what He's called you to do and leave the rest to Him. Quit letting everybody tell you what you ought to be doing. Listen to Him. Enjoy Him and enjoy His acceptance of you. If you're here and you're a, a, a mom who's stressed and just frustrated, take some time with Jesus. Leave the dishes in the sink, whatever. Husbands, maybe help her out a little bit, right? Amen? <laughs> so that she doesn't feel so stressed. But just make sure that you're encouraging and lifting up and not beating down. Make sure that you're spending time with the Lord. That's what matters. And if you make sure that you have a good relationship with Him, everything else is going to work itself out. Everything else is going to be fine because once you trust Him with everything, He's got it. It may be hard. I'm not saying it won't be hard. I'm saying it's going to be easy. But it will be good. If you walk with Him, not knowing what the future holds, but knowing that He holds the future. You know, I could give you a whole list of those things this morning. But just lean on him, trust in him this morning. And if you, if you don't know him, if you've been trying to earn your way into his favor, guys, again, your acceptance with him is not based on anything you could ever do. You can never be good enough to earn it. You can never be good enough for him to say, okay, you're good enough, I'm going to let you into heaven. Okay, you're good enough, I'm going to save you. That's never going to happen. The only way you will ever be accepted by Christ is simply to trust on him, to believe on him, and receive his salvation, receive his forgiveness. And so, if you've never trusted on him this morning, receive his forgiveness. Give up and just simply come to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I need you to save me. Let's stand, and as you stand, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we're going to sing. Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. I thank you.